Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Backyard Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, as I am every time we get together and do this. Um, we've got a great episode today with a, a really great, fantastic guest that I know very well. But before we get to that individual, I have to tell you that today's sponsor, today's podcast is sponsored by RealitySportsOnline.com, a powerful fantasy platform that lets you manage your team like a real-life general manager. Use the promo code BYB10 for 10% off the platform fee when you sign up. That's BYB followed by the numbers one and zero. Now, I mentioned we have a great guest today. And if you're watching, if you're one of the five people that watches the YouTube broadcast of these episodes, <laughs> you'll notice that I, I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing my headband because I didn't even want to try to look attractive for today's no. episode because we have by far the, the best looking guest that the Backyard Banter podcast has had so far. And that's not a slight to some of the other attractive individuals we have had on, but we have NFL Network's own Patrick Claibon, the news anchor extraordinaire, on with us today. And Claibon's a good friend of mine, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going yes. over the top of the praise here. But, uh, but I do mean it. I mean, Claibon is fantastic. But, but Mr. Claibon, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Matt, um, as you mentioned, to the people who, who watch video versions of podcasts, um, I am located in somebody else's office right now because the newsroom is a little too crunk about the schedule announcement that's coming up tomorrow who's fired up about that but yeah i'm i'm in uh i'm shout out to cat smith uh, i'm in her office i just finished <laughs> doing an update and uh and yeah it's uh you go way over the top of praise being an extraordinarily attractive man who, who can you know casually stroke his beard like that and uh make the folks swim who, who's on the ground uh you know doing the workout stuff we'll get to that later but yeah, it's, yeah. it's good to be here. It's good to be here on the podcast. It, it really is, and no doubt the newsroom is not a place for this. And and we'll talk a lot about we'll talk a lot about um, about things of this nature. But I mean, how great was it to see everybody on Twitter make the same joke about the announcement of the announcement? Yeah, it's it's an easy joke to make, and we had our dude Mike uh, on the exercise ball that uh, that was very jokeable as well. But. Um, Hopefully, um, between all the basketball action tonight and the hockey action this week, uh, if we can find a spot in people's minds to, uh, you know, that, that part of your, your mind that's thinking about the schedule right now, if we can bring that to people, then, then that's what we're hoping to do. And, and it, it, you know, it sucks when signals get crossed and, and all that as far as getting it to people at the time when they're most concerned with it. But uh, it's out. We'll get it out. And uh, hopefully everybody will be happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the NFL has certainly mastered uh, the the craft, uh, the art of never being ignored. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like that uh, the guy that you work with that's constantly there and having a conversation, and uh, and you can't not hear the conversation. That's there's like a, there's like forty of those in our office, <laughs> and, and in offices around the country. But that's what we are. We're in the National Football League, as you know, Matt, we, we are the biggest uh, and loudest, and uh, our voice shall be heard. We, <laughs> will, not be, we will not be ignored, and, and we're <laughs> certainly not going to ignore the uh, the story of Patrick Claibon. So, Claibon, start us on the journey of how you your, – your bio on Twitter is great because uh, – or at least last time I checked, and, you know, I don't do it every day. Um, but last time I checked, it says, you know, it, it ends with, so I watch football. Obviously, your background <laughs> – it's all about football. Tell us how you came to love this sport. Uh, mostly in the same way that everybody else did, and, and that's what's cool about working here is, you know, you see guys walking around 
Deion Sanders was my absolute favorite football player. And so uh, getting a chance to to watch him and, you know, kind of take in and appreciate the game, a game that I never actually played. Um, there was there were times because I was a track guy um, was looking around and, and considering uh, SEC track schools. Um, my actually fun, fun fact about my college recruitment. I didn't qualify with the NCAA Clearinghouse because of some grade discrepancies. And, <laughs> and so um, my, my first year I was going to be ineligible, wound up going to Troy because of that, fell in love with it, uh, fell in love with broadcast journalism. And through really that's when the football thing got started. Uh, most intensely was in college, was doing school stuff for Trojan Vision News and working with the players. And then, lo and behold, DeMarcus gets drafted in the first round, goes to the Dallas Cowboys um, following his career. And, and so that's that was the bridge between Troy University and the NFL and college football in general for me. And I didn't know at the time because I knew I wanted to be a journalist. And so I get the first job in Dothan, Alabama, which is in the bottom right-hand corner of Alabama for those who are, aren't super aware of it. I get that job, and so I'm still covering Troy football. Then I'm covering Alabama and Auburn football, and here I am covering NFL football. So that's that's the lineage, and it kind of all starts with Larry Blakeney and the Troy Trojans and Demarcus Ware and O.C. Manure and Leotis McKelvin, the guys I went to school with. Um, turn out to be the guys that I'm, I'm covering in the NFL now. So it's pretty cool the way that worked out. Yeah, it's pretty funny. There's there's a lot of uh, circuitous nature to the way that we all you know, come to love the game and then suddenly you're working in it and you're like, oh, wait, you know, like, I think there's been a few times like, uh, like when I first got to NFL Network and, you know, like Nate Burleson walks by and I'm like, dude, I used to play, like, play with, play as you in Madden. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think this is, Madden should sponsor the podcast. This is like the fifth time they've come up. Everybody talks about that. Uh, I don't play anymore though, personally, but uh, that's a topic for another day. But so you went, you went to school for broadcast journalism to basically to do what you do now. Cause that's kind of different from, from my path for sure. And other people that have been on the show. Yeah. And, and that, that was a discussion that kind of lit up Twitter at a certain point last year. It was like, was Jay school worth it? And the answer to that in really anything with any form of education is, I mean, was it, was it worth it to you? Because <laughs> right. everybody's, everybody's going to have a different path and everybody's going to have different opportunities. Uh, for me, I definitely wouldn't be here if not for the Hall School of Journalism at Troy University. Um, but that's, I mean, there's people that, that definitely went there that, that washed out. It's opportunity is going to be so different for everybody. I know that there were there, there are certain aspects of, of the way that I do things even now where and, and, and you know this that through working with me um, a, a lot of times the first question out of my mouth is like but, but why <laughs> you know, like, yes <laughs> why do we do this like we say this thing uh, and we make for example like a, a player comparison or, or something like that and it's like well what's the what's the reason that we're doing this and what's the reason that we're telling people this and um, I, I think I think I got that in school and, and going through going through that process, that's not to say that it's the right way. There's definitely the, the way that a lot of things got ingrained into me and how to do the job, and, uh, and so that's you know, that's, that's kind of my takeaway on on the J school no J school thing. Whatever gets you where you are, but as, as long as once you get there, you can point back and say, well, I did this and that helped me, and so uh, so yeah, you know, shout out to 
Shout out to the folks, the whole school of journalism. I appreciate it. Yeah, if you don't, um, if you don't follow Clavon on Twitter, I think that's for one, it's a mistake. It's at oh, Patrick Clavon. <laughs> but but you're you're right. Uh, that is that is something you you often do on on social media and, and even in your work with NFL Network. It, it's a lot of it's a lot of yeah. But why? And I I appreciate that because I I think that I tend to be the same way. And like, you know, some things become cliche for a reason in our industry and. You know, like I think quarterback wins is is a great one that that I think becomes it becomes cliche for a reason. And and then I know I know like the like the application of it is stupid. And and maybe we won't get into a discussion here on quarterback wins, but I think the application of it is stupid and in a lot of ways. But there is a reason that it exists. You know, because like the best, if you look historically, like the, the, all the good quarterbacks generally finish with better than fifty percent of the wins. I mean that that makes sense if you apply it in that in that way. But but so there are th- like my point is things become cliche for a reason, but other things become cliche and it just seems so stupid and like archaic and we do it just because we always do. And that's something I appreciate about, about you is that you are very much like, yeah, but why do we do that? And, you know, it, like not just accepting things for the way they are. And I think it, it helps me knowing that shout out Matt Harmon at somebody who's under 25 years old, who's kind of already grasped all of this. You, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Because it took it took me a while to, to get there, and the the natural inclination is to do what everybody else does, and it's like, oh well, this guy has a has a high football IQ, so he's a good. What does that mean? Right. <laughs> is 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 he reading defenses more quickly than, than everybody else? Does, what does that have to do with the system that he plays in? What does it have to do with his the way he recognizes blitzes? I, I mean. There's just there's always a second question to ask, and now it's a little more easier for, for people to to get to those questions now. And I think like things like your podcast and reception perception lead people to those questions, whereas before it, it was it was a lot harder to, to have your voice heard when you when you've got like something like a grade and it's it's a number, and people are like oh well. How do you how do you get to that number versus oh that player is bad you know this, yeah. is, a, this is a bad football player and that's that's the way we generally have to accept and I think people look into things a little bit more now and and that's a good thing yeah that's definitely true and and I I tell I say that a lot especially now working for a uh, a big media company you know the idea that it always seems like people want or, you know, people want you to dumb down your content and like make it easy to like just spoon feed the idiots. And I, I hate that so much. Like it's just completely not what I no, what I when, do like want to do as a creator. Yeah. When you spoon feed people like that, what you do is like encourage being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so then then you're, you're the whole it's like if you're if you're serving people something at a restaurant, you, you want to serve the best food that you can possibly serve. Because you want people to come to your restaurant, you don't want to just churn out uh, ham and cheese sandwiches before they realize what. Wait, I can literally get this anywhere else. Right. And so, and, but, yeah, but I, need, I need to eat, but I, I, I that doesn't mean I have to eat garbage, you know, or just or I have to eat like meh just because it's there. <laughs> yeah, it's like people eating sandwiches or <laughs> showing up on a spreadsheet, and somebody's like, "Well, look at this." Mewiches are sales are up six hundred percent. So let's give the people mewiches. Yeah, right. That's, that's not helping people. 
It's right. not helping people understand food, and it's definitely not helping people understand football. Yeah, it, it's certainly not, and it, it is that something that like. You know, I've written a couple, like a couple of the guys that I, and this is this is you know no shot to our our prospect today series at NFL.com. Like that's, I mean, that's it, we do good stuff, and the guys have all done really good work there. Um, and but there's been a couple times, you know, when I've written like a guy up for prospect today, and then also written him up on my website for reception perception, and just the depth that I can go into a little bit more. It's more freeing as a from a writer's perspective, and it's just like, but but there's no reason like that 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 audience wouldn't want this piece of content right. too, you know, and that's my, I guess my point in this discussion is, is I appreciate always just going a little bit more. And like you said, that second question, you know, cause there's a couple of times like people have asked me like, you know, like we do the bullet points for prospect today because that's what people under, you know, people understand bullet points and that's fine. But you can, like you said, you can only answer the first question there and then it's up to the analyst to, to take it into that second question. And the, the hunger for that second question sometimes sends people in the wrong direction because they see uh, an article with the bullet points and they're like, but da, 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 da. And they're going off on, on a lot of these things. And I know Matt, you're like, well, yeah, like <laughs> obviously I would sit here and write for three days on it. I can't, they won't let me do that. And right. there's, there, it's always, the answer is always like somewhere in the middle, <laughs> you know, it like, it's not like us pontificating on like the most, mundane minutia of the game but it's not player good player bad either and, and as long as people can talk on both sides i think we'll eventually work towards the right way to do it hopefully certainly i i think i think that we will and it's a good point that the answer is somewhere in the middle because yeah you're right nobody wants to read not not many people want to read ten thousand words on you know michael thomas's release from press or whatever but <laughs> you most people also don't want uh michael thomas can't get off the jam okay but what does that mean? You know, I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. give me a little bit more. And yeah, so there's, there's definitely some way. And I think it's up to, you know, it is up to the analyst to as much as they're going to let you, you know, give it give as much details as, as you can. Um, Claymont, swinging back to you a little bit. So oh, no. yeah, sorry. You have to do that. That's the point of this show. <laughs> this is all actually an exercise. This is all actually an exercise in me working through my ego, making other people talk and not, not oh. myself, not being selfish on my end. This is actually all what this podcast is about which I guess is inherently selfish. But anyways, so Claybon, how did, how did you get from, you know, so you went to Troy, you got, you got the, you know, you did the whole broadcast journalism thing. What, what came next for you? Uh, what came next? One of, well, the first thing after graduating, um, absolutely nothing came. Uh, okay. I could not get a job after sending my tape uh, everywhere. I, I sent out like uh, 47 tapes uh, and got like a few responses. And so my decision was to return to Troy University, where I was a residence director already. And um, so my room and board were paid for, and so was half of my food. And I just decided to take two classes uh, and paid for a couple of classes and stayed and worked at the J School. And then after that greatest year of my life, where I was just a college student who didn't have to really do too much, um, one of my friends turned down a job, the job in Dothan, and elected to take a grad class. And the news director sent an email to our campus TV station and said, "Do you guys have anybody else?" <laughs> and Aaron, uh, Aaron Taylor was was kind of like, uh, "Well, Patrick's been looking for a job for a year and a half," <laughs> and uh, it, it worked out. I, I got that job, and I was a 
Bureau reporter in Dale County, Alabama, which sounds twice as awful as you could possibly imagine. Um, I would have to cover train versus car accidents, um, a few meth lab murders, and there was always um, there was always somebody that was grieving that I didn't want to have to try to talk to, but you have to because because it's the nature of the job, and. Um, you know, you'd be a pretty awful person. And then there were stories on, you know, weed abatements, not marijuana, but actual weeds growing up in people's yards where you, you go to talk to neighbors and they're like, no, I, I can't be on TV. And I would I would get on my hands and knees and beg people to, to be interviewed, you know, with me in lower Alabama in August, you know, wearing a shirt and tie, sweating. And I would just be begging people carrying this camera and this tripod uh to talk to me and eventually i convinced uh somebody to take the job that was coming in so i moved from the bureau to actual dothan so i was covering news in dothan which allowed me to shoot high school football games and then when chris harris left to, to go to wsnv in nashville i was the weekend sports guy and then brad um brad sherwood left to take a medical job and that left it open for me to be the sports director. And then I had this title, <laughs> which Brad, for all intents and purposes, uh, my first boss, my first sports boss, one of the best people in the world. Um, you know, I was just kind of pretending to do what he used to do. But I, I wasn't really that guy ever until I almost left. And uh, and so it was incredible. Uh, just just having the title, which is weird, the titles do much for do so much for people. But just the way people approach you and the way people consider you in terms of looking for jobs and stuff, it does a lot more than it should. Um, but yeah, once I got that job, then I got the job in Birmingham, which uh, followed a similar path there. Uh, let me to hear. So take us from, take us there. How, like, how did the NFL Network thing end up happening? Oh, man. Uh, the NFL Network thing. Um, the first thing that starts there is... I had signed with an agency, and Mark Watts was then director of um, talent acquisition here at NFL Network. Uh, saw me on a on a list, and they were launching NFL Now. And the idea was they were going to find at the time, from what he, what he had told me, was uh, found four or five people to to launch NFL Now with. And I came out with a big batch of people and was interviewing, and. Um, left the interview um did like some mock stuff with elliot harrison and some other stuff felt good about it uh left and then uh four months later i, I hadn't heard back <laughs> and um at this time as you know matt my my now wife uh then girlfriend lauren who was already working out here and i was doing this nationwide job search and i i've done an interview in pittsburgh and i came back the folks at in Pittsburgh were spectacular. It was a lot of Steelers stuff. Um, the GM was one of the nicest GMs I'd ever met. And this whole time I'm thinking, they're gonna offer me this job and I can't really say yes because you know I gotta I gotta get out there to Los Angeles, you know, for the girl of my dreams. And um, turns out I call I call Mark Watts back and he's like, Yeah, they decided to go in another direction. And so at this point I, I was the sports director in Birmingham. And I'm doing our SEC football plan, which for those of you who know is, is pretty 
important thing uh, down in that part of the country. And, um, and something also, of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going through all the, the moving pieces of that and uh, I touch base back with Mark Watts. And he's giving me a, a pickup speech, you know, because I was pretty down about it. And, you know, at this point, I didn't really know what to believe in terms of what my opportunities would be. So I was like, well, if there's anything, uh, just let me know. And he said, well, you know, James Coe is leaving the news desk. And uh, that might be a possibility for you. I'm like, I'll be there next Thursday. And so I came out here to see my wife or girlfriend at that point and came by to do another interview. And a few weeks later, they offered me the job, which is like, what? (laughs) Are you kidding me? And uh, and now I'm here. And honestly, Matt, like the way it worked out, just single thing. Um, I mean, I maybe would have gotten a job a little bit earlier. But, but in terms of uh, the job that I got and the opportunities that I've had, it's it's been incredible. And uh, everybody, the, the the way it worked is not something that's common. And so, like, I've just you know, hashtag blessed is something people throw out there a lot. But I'm really the luckiest person on the planet. Just just the way things happen. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I think that's a a course that a lot of people seem to end up taking, you know, that, that there's really no like science to, to this, that, that sometimes the universe just has to work in ways that, uh, that, you know, you don't really understand it. And, you know, whether you're a person of, of faith or, or not or whatever, but sometimes life just seems to, seems to work out the way that it's supposed to work out. It's, it seems like that was the case for you. Yeah. And, and it always has been because a lot of people in television, there's this, uh, there's this idea and some of the people listening to the podcast may may understand it and some it's a little bit different but people talk about markets so much and it's oh well you worked at this market and then you get a chance to work at this market and to me like it always kind of felt like well they just have us on this little hamster wheel and people take jobs that don't necessarily improve their quality of life but because somebody sees that they work in a bigger city or a better market, it's like, oh, well, well, well that's good. They've, they've done something. And not to criticize anybody that leaves just for the sake of leaving a particular place, but I, I, I just never wanted to take a job for from an outside perspective so that people would think more highly of me. I wanted to take jobs that, that I wanted to do. And, and that's really what led me, because I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I think that's what made things available for me to get that job was because I just, I waited until it was available. And, and a lot of people, you know, they, they, we start out in TV on on two year contracts and the idea is, well, once you two year contracts up, you you have to move in market or you have to move up in market. Well, if the, if the job doesn't get you to where you ultimately want to be, I don't, I don't know that there's always a reason to move unless you don't like your current situation. And so um, I stayed in Dothan for five years and I, and I stayed in Birmingham for four years. And I'm, I'm really glad that I did because both of those situations, they, they helped lead up to this one. And, um, and so I would, I would just urge people, you know, if, unless, you're, unless you're not happy, you know, don't let other people from the outside determine how happy you should be with your job. That, that's got to be a you decision. Right. Almost like a don't rush it sort of phenomenon. Like, um, and that's why I always tell people like, don't, don't like some, cause people always want to know like, well, how did you do it? And I'm like, don't listen to me. I I don't just, I I, I, like this happened very quickly for me. It does not happen very quickly for most people. Um, and 
I think that's a good point for with your story. Like, you know, sometimes you, you stay in a position that you're that you're happy with because it's it's not an immediate jump to your long term goal. You know, and, yeah. and and people will sometimes like try to try to look down on you based on your job or like if you don't have a title that's appropriate enough, like there's probably some people here that have been condescended to that, that are listening now because they don't write for a good enough spot or right. they they feel like they don't have you know the clout score it's really things things are honestly more about what you say and what you do than who you do it for or <laughs> or you know what what channel you're doing it on if somebody's making good stuff making good hashtag content who, who cares where it's from yeah it's, it's good and and yeah. so like you know just you gotta shine you know no matter no matter what star system you're in or, or how bright the constellation is uh if, if you shine uh, people are gonna see you no that makes it a lot of sense and i think that uh you know you know like back when i started my website you know nobody nobody cared about what was on backyard banter like because what the hell is backyard banter anyways <laughs> i still don't really know but uh and it's good is what it is <laughs> it's definitely a lot a lot better than i ever thought it was going to be um but but now like i can put i can put something up on backyard banter and people care about what it is because and it's not because of the place or you know and they they don't care like they could care about it more than what's on nfl.com you're right it's not about what's it's not about the space that you put it on it is about the the, the brand and trust that you build up with your own readers and, or your viewers and so much more about it is content. So yeah, if there's anyone listening out there that ever, has ever felt that way, like, Oh yeah, I write for a site that's kind of like, you know, third, fourth or fifth tier or whatever. Like people don't care about that. If it's good. And if you're good, you will eventually reap the rewards of that in my, yeah, just, just, just keep cracking it out. Just keep cracking it out. And then you can be uh, Matt Harmon doing a fave to a, to a work friend. <laughs> so, hanging out, hanging out on the podcast, busting into somebody else's office. Yeah, you never know. The possibilities are endless. The possibilities are also endless at one of my personal favorite fantasy football websites out there. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their teams like an actual NFL GM. Reality Sports Online was designed by former NFL front office personnel and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics the actual free agency process, enabling fantasy owners to compete against each other to negotiate with and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, injured reserve, automated contracts and salary cap functionality, and so much more. Test your free agent, test your general manager skills by visiting realitysportsonline.com and participating in a mock free agency auction today. If you like what you see, use the promo code BYB10 to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. So, Claybon, speaking of possibilities, um, what? so now you are the news anchor. You know, when there's breaking news, you're on top of it. You're there kind of wrestling the different reporters. Do you see this as like kind of the, the what's the what's the long term goal or is this the long term goal? This is because if once we kind of parallel with the stop in Dothan and the in the four years in Birmingham, 
I've just kind of done whatever it takes uh, to try to help people get the best product that, that I can on the air, you know, with my with my limited skill set. And no, it will I mean, honestly, because there's, I, I felt that, you know, I never want to be asked to do more than what I can do. And what I can do is, is just try to talk to people and extract information on, on what has happened. And, and I feel like that's, that's my skill set, whether it's, you know, on the news desk or, or whatever they, they have for me. Um, you know, I'd like to be able to, you know, talk to people and find out what's going on. Because I feel like, especially in the NFL, there's a disconnect sometimes between player and fan. And that disconnect is, unfortunately, not to name names, but some people are kind of out of touch with understanding how a human might feel about a particular situation. And then it turns out that that out-of-touch person could be a large mouthpiece for dictating how the fan feels about a particular football player. So ultimately, whether whether a player does something or doesn't do something that people agree with, I'd just like for people to understand at least the player's perspective because I feel like that's my job is, mm-hmm. is to provide the perspective of the player so the fans can make their own decision based on what happened. And uh, sometimes it seems like people lose that. And that's not a new thing. I'm not, you know, crotchety old guy saying millennials have killed journalism because journalism has been around forever and it's going to keep being around. But the, if I can actually make, if I can interject there and make an, you know, make the point, I think that actually what I think you see a lot more of is the and like you mentioned millennials and, and you and I have gone back and forth about the <laughs> about how ridiculous some of the anti millennial discussion is. So I know we're probably on the same page here, but. Like my generation is is much more sensitive than another generation's past, and I think that they, you're seeing some of that like conveyed in what you're talking about right now, and some of the coverage of things like, you know, people my age because I'm also young, are a lot more sensitive to the interpersonal struggles that a 20 to 25 year old is going through, adjusting to life as as a professional, and a, an athlete, and you know, a, a face of the franchise or something. And I think that that does you're right that does get lost in some of maybe. And this is just maybe this is just me caping up for for young people because I, I have to do that. I, I am a young person, um, but I think you see a lot of that get lost. The older like the, in that that older crotchety football writer crowd that I've talked a lot about in this podcast that that, that bothers me in general. But I think so. I think there's something to that there. That what you're what you're talking about. Yeah, and I don't know that we can go directly on, on generation generational lines. I do know that there's some there's there's some people and, and some of them are prominent that weren't around in a time where if a player disagreed with something that you said or wrote, that that player couldn't turn around, open up their phone, and to 80,000 people immediately clarify, you know, their point of view. And so it's, it's tough for some of those people to, to adjust. And, and it's not and, – and, and you'll get criticized, you know, it's like, oh, this guy's in the bag with this particular player. But, but that's not true. I mean, it's – it's really the job of, right. of a lot of people to provide what that player says, you know, not, not filtered through an agency or through a team source, but, you know, hey, this guy feels this way about this situation, and then everybody else can make the decision. And so it's um, – and, and I know, I'm, I'm assuming since you had me on, we're going to talk takesman at some yes. point uh, uh, during yeah. this conversation, but – that skews it as well, 
uh, because there are people who every Sunday or every other day have to have these incendiary takes that oftentimes contradict each other or are wildly inaccurate or just pointless in general. And, uh, and that ends up dictating our discussion as like a sports world. And then later on that day, we're all like, wait, this is stupid. This is all really dumb. And, uh, and, so, and so that hurts, that hurts the conversation as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, let's just get into the takesman thing. The, the natural natural transition there, um, and, and I think that I think that there's there you know this this is, this is why I like you so much because of this 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 sort of t- discussion right here and so t- so what's what's what is like define the takesman what is, like you kind of kind of got into a little bit but give it a little more detail here. Well, like a, a card carrying takesman is someone who either disingenuously, generally disingenuously, or or, or is their actual belief that um, that a football player, basketball player, baseball player, someone for one particular reason is a bad person that you should disregard entirely because either they put a hat on the wrong way or they had an odd response to a particular question. And it's it's never really something that, that we would consider based on reason, but for somebody who's not who's not really aware of a player or a situation, it's like, oh well, well maybe this maybe this person is bad, you know, maybe Cam Newton handing that ball to fans is really just a shot into his dark place where he only cares about himself, and it's 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 something that that's frequently done. Uh, not just with Cam, let's say Aaron Rodgers, or, or really anybody that's prominent. And it tends to go at quarterbacks a lot because quarterbacks are the people that people know, and that drives traffic to websites, and it drives people to the comment sections. And uh, and that's what the Texman that's what the Texman wants is attention. And there's there's a discussion on whether or not pointing that out is giving them more attention. I, I don't. It doesn't work if you ignore them. Because people still continue to to discuss the Texman, so I, I kind of feel like it's important to say, "Hey, this is stupid for the following reasons," and then people can make their own decisions on, on how to treat uh, Texman. But but sometimes it's uh it's pretty obvious, and, and they'll come out on one side and then come out on the other side, and it's really just to kind of suck you in and, and draw you draw you into their to their takey layer, where they will. Uh, punish you with more takes that uh, <laughs> don't really have an application to the actual world. Right. And, and two things on my end for the, from that. Um, one, like you mentioned a good point about like, is it, is it better to ignore? Is it better to acknowledge? Because that's something that I struggle with a lot. And like we have an, an, a group message, you know, uh, like, and I am chat at work and you're in there with all the guys that are from the fantasy stronghold and, and frequently I'll come in there with a, with a take that has annoyed me on Twitter and I'll come in and, and start complaining about it. And you often will tell me, well, just <laughs> you, like talk about it on Twitter, like take it to Twitter. And I, I don't for this, that, or the other reason, um, because I struggle with that, like whether it's better to ignore or to engage, but you're right. Ignoring it does not make it go away. Like nobody's going to ever ignore it takes men enough for them to just suddenly go out of business. Um, yeah. and, but and I guess maybe I think, it's off my persona on Twitter to do that. I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's, it's an interesting dilemma for me, but 
And then the other the other point I wanted to make, and what what I view from like my end of the takesman, and this is totally that term is totally credit to you because when when I heard it, I was like, it's one of those things you hear it and you just yes. <laughs> I I have wanted to, that is a thing I have wanted to say. I have thought it. I've believed it. It's been a part of my 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 set of my my like lexicon. But now like I've never I've never put it into a word. And when I when I heard you say it, I was like. Damn, that's good. But and so somebody sent me and I and I retagged you in this article when I when the person sent it to me was with from, from an article uh, from the Atlantic and it was basically the quote was a take is an opinion that has no aspiration to a belief an impression that never hardens into a position, and I think that's when I read those words it's like that's you know and it makes sense why the person sent it to me because I was like that's exactly right. One hundred percent. Yeah, and I mean because that's what bugs me so much about the takesman and, and take culture is that it's just saying something to say something or to saying something to make it as hot as possible and get people, you know, to react to it. When I so much more as a content creator value somebody that puts thought into, into something, crafts it into a well-rounded opinion, and it has some application, not just like you said, yeah, this player puts his hat on backwards and what is, you know, what it, that, that says a lot right there. Well, what does the hell does that really say? You know, and I don't know. So it's definitely something that I I, I jive with you well on. Yeah, I, I just I, I worry when somebody opens an article about sports, and and this this goes. It's, I, I'm not mentioning like say a feature about somebody that's supposed to tug at heartstrings. It's kind of the antithesis of that. Uh, somebody would write an article, you know to instruct you on how to feel about something. And, and it's just kind of like, wait, like I'm a person, like I've, I've had feelings my whole life. Like why, why do I need to be told uh, how to feel about you know Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or, or really anybody or, or their private and personal, personal relationships. And then like some sort of loop to how that pertains to football when really all of it, all of it doesn't really coalesce into anything. And it's definitely not fact and it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's an opinion that goes to bed and has dreams about becoming a fact, but will never be one. Yeah, it's just it's just a take. And, you know, we have these think pieces about everything, you know, like what and, and there's certainly a lot of double standards. And I think actually this is a shout out to Denny Carter, who we had on the last uh, the last episode of the podcast. And he mentioned I remember him saying back in when Kirk Cousins did that, you like that thing, you know, in the middle of the season and how everybody became this very viral like thing that was like, everybody, oh, this is so cool. Look at him. Like he's showing he's impassionate. And I remember Denny saying after that, he's like, because Denny is very opinionated, especially if you listen to the last episode. He was like, if Cam Newton or, you know, Jameis Winston or somebody did that, we'd be talking about, like we'd have think pieces littering our timelines about, you know, how ghetto culture has has made its way into the NFL. So there's a lot of double standards with with the takesmen as well. Um, yeah, and and kind of the nature of the take industry leads us to a lot of those double standards falling on the same side every yeah. single time. And so that's, I mean, obviously me, uh, you know, the, the elephant in the room there. Uh, I don't really have any other perspective than, than being a black man in America, and so. Um, and I know you, you and DC talked about this on, on the last podcast, like what issues you approach on Twitter. Um, it, it's really it's really easy for me to to decide to approach those topics because yeah. at, at a certain point they boil down. It's like, well, anything that I feel like would dehumanize me, um, you know, I'm I'm proud of my humanity. Like I don't, I don't think it's something that that I should have to prove. 
anything that I feel like goes into that realm is a place where where I feel like you know it's important for people to chime in and say like, hey, this this is this is bad. <laughs> like, right. This is let's get to the truth of, of what you're trying to say here uh, when you when you say these things about people. And so that's you know that's that's where I fall in. In, in terms of, of the Twitter discussion that, that made for and, and for those of you who follow me after this podcast, I'm sorry, because it's not always important stuff. Uh, a lot of the times it's, it's stupid stuff, but that's really the only time that, that I'll, I'll get into things being important is, uh, is, is talking about the way people are treated as far as humans. And uh, I'm a big fan of, of humans being, uh, being treated equally. And so that's, that's one topic that I'll put a cape on for. Everything else, the takesman and, and stuff like that, I'll try to have fun with it because that's the best way to deal with it. Because if any other time on the internet you appear to be angry, uh, people are going to say, you mad, bro, and say, yeah. like, ah, oh, this guy's angry. But, you know, you, you get some, <laughs> yeah. but something like, uh, like Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton are basically the same player. Um, I was able to have a whole lot of fun uh, off of that. And, and hopefully point out that uh, stuff like that is, is kind of stupid. Right. Well, that's the thing. You know, you don't have to, like, things don't have to make you mad and you have to have this emotional, like, outraged reaction to it. You can just point out how stupid it is by <laughs> exaggerating, in fact, how very stupid it is, you know? And I think that's that's an important way to handle it. I remember, I think, at one point during the season, like when Ezekiel Elliott said his thing about uh, – what was he like I don't even remember but he like questioned the play calling or something and of course then you know thousands of think pieces had to be right had to be written about what like is Ezekiel Elliott like did he just was this a revealing moment of how he's a bad teammate you know you posted the gif of like I think the Michigan State kicker like when he's doing the like the big celebrations like when when you're a takesman you see Ezekiel Elliott say that you just you know you go nuts I mean that's they have to they have to do that because player who runs ball wanted to run ball more doesn't really doesn't really elicit the reaction they're looking for so it's like our team's going to be afraid of Ezekiel Elliott now or like Cardell Jones tweeted his opinion our team's mad it's just right like, let's 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 kind of be real about this for a second um hopefully teams are determining what a player can do and what contributions he can have to a football team and what their needs are, and it's not like guys pouring through tweets like ah, we're trying to. You're not, you know, this isn't jury selection. <laughs> this is this is football, right? It's football. And listen, if you're a team that can't handle bringing in a quarterback like Cardell Jones because he said something that he thought. <laughs> Something that it's pretty damn good. Like for what it's, it's a pretty damn good point. Yeah, if, if, if we're polling, if we're polling America, it's probably maybe thirty-five or forty percent of people would be in line with with Cardell's opinion, and it's um, and and that's that you know the NCAA is is able to exploit athletes, and you know that they make billions of dollars, and it's a point. It's a point to be made. We're not going to get into whether or not it's it's factual or not, but it's it's a belief that he has on a personal experience. And if, if teams are afraid of that, then good on Cardell. I, I don't think he would want to play for a team that is going to try to uh, censure him and say that there's things he can't or cannot say uh, about his personal life. That's uh, 
that's extreme, man. and I doubt anybody's really knocking him for a rather innocuous tweet. Yeah, I, I think that that's it's one of those things that we talk about on the outside. It's probably not as big of a deal, but. Claymon, I really want to thank you for joining today. Um, kind of a shorter episode than normal because you are a very busy man, after all. You know, you've got the news is coming in constantly, as we mentioned from from the NFL, and you've got to go back out there and report on it and 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 help break it. But so, Claymon, before I always give the guest the floor uh, to say anything they want to say before I yank it out from under you. So uh, just go right ahead. Oh wow, I've, I've obtained the floor. Um, I'm just gonna say thank you, like. Thank you for doing everything that you do in terms of reception, perception, uh, backyard banter, and, and the podcast in general. Because you're, you're bringing you're bringing a lot of different perspectives to a lot of people, and and I, and those people, um, you know, some of them are going to be the guys like like CD or me, or like where he was telling the story about being in a fantasy league with Chris Wessling. And it's like, uh, here I am uh, sitting next to Chris Wesley and right. uh, having this conversation uh, with you now. And, and there's people that are probably watching this or who are going to be reading some articles that are one day going to be like, yeah, I was I was watching the Backyard Banner podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and and so uh, just know that, that, that you're doing good stuff and everybody out there uh, that's grounded like Matt, uh, you guys are doing doing really good stuff. And and don't, 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 uh, don't give up because people are telling you it's it's not important enough or it's a, a stupid thing. If, if you're doing something that you like doing, uh, you should keep doing that. And eventually, if you're doing that, somebody's going to pay you. <laughs> so it, so yeah, I, hopefully, people do that. I couldn't agree more. And, and you're right. I never lose fact lose sight of the fact that it's the coolest thing ever. And I hope that some I hope that someday somebody does get to experience that. Like because I think it. Like I remember when I did the ATN podcast, like like a, as a, a trivia show back in 2013, and like now I work with those guys. And I, I was like psyched that I went on. So I hope somebody else gets that feeling from this podcast and, and, and further. So thank you, Claybon, so much for joining today. I really appreciate it. And and everybody out there listening, if you if you would please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes, continuing to give feedback. It's been tremendous so far, and this thing is only getting better. So I really appreciate you all, whatever you do for the podcast. And thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you learned something.